Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 41. I started thinking there's nothing like that out there. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. Today, I have joining us Sydney Mitchell. Sydney is the founder of thesweetfest.com, a global online directory designed to connect sweet lovers with local sweet makers. By trade, Sydney is an accountant and financial analyst. She's worked closely with many of the sweet makers on her site to help them develop and successfully implement their own social media marketing strategies, rebranding initiatives, and business plan remodeling. There are tons of resources available to help sweet entrepreneurs develop their baking talents, but the goal of SweetFest is to help sweet makers run the business side of their sweet businesses. Sydney's philosophy is there must be a balance between a delicious product and a solid business marketing strategy. No sweet business can be successful without having both in place. Sydney and Sweetfest work to provide sweet business owners with the keys to obtaining that balance to ultimately be successful in their business. Wonderful. That sounds so important and so necessary, Sydney. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sue. This is such an honor and privilege. And just FYI, this is my first interview. So, Oh, super cool. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. (laughs) Are there any gaps you want to fill in with the intro before we get started? Not really. I think it says so much. I mean, I know that there are so many, I I interact with so many sweet makers on a regular basis and they all pretty much have a similar background in that they love to bake. They've always baked or, you know, they have been baking since they were little kids, right? And they were in the kitchen with their grandma. But what ends up happening is they have this love of baking and people ask them to bake for you know, birthday parties or bridal showers. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I have a business and they're charging people, but you know, they have no clue how to run the business. And so that's where SweetFest comes in. So it's helping them to, like you said, understand running the business side of the of the baking business. So. Right. All right. Well, as our listeners know, we like to align the conversation around the life of a motivational candle. So the light shines on you, Sydney, and you're going to share your stories and your experiences and how you've created the whole concept of SweetFest. So are you ready to light it up? Absolutely. Wonderful. What color would your motivational candle be? And what would the quote be on that candle? My color would be pink. And you will see that throughout all of SweetFest, that pink is my color. (laughs) Pink is just so bright and happy. And and that's kind of, you know, my personality. And that's the personality of SweetFest. And the quote that would be on it is, people won't remember what you said or did. They will remember how you made them feel. And that's from Maya Angelou. Such an important quote. When you start talking about sales and marketing and all of that, it's getting to that emotional side Mm. that really helps you connect with customers and clients and all of that. So your your quote is right on. It's actually one of my favorites as well. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, let's jump right into SweetFest now. I mean, in the intro, you talked a little bit about how you recognized that there was the need in the industry. But dive down a little bit deeper now. How did you take that concept, find the need, and start developing it into what is now SweetFest? So in the summer of 2013, uh, I was living in Greensboro, North Carolina with uh, my best friend. And we, uh, well, I love sweets and she kind of deals with sweets just because of me. And we discovered this bakery called Sweet Meg's. And it was fairly new in the area, but they were kind of tucked away in a little corner. And I felt like I'd found like this jewel, this precious jewel in the rough. Oh my gosh, Sweet Sweet Meg's had the most delicious cupcakes and the frosting was always amazing. Any flavor that she had was just delicious to me. It tasted like someone's grandmother was in the back baking, you know, these bacons from scratch. And I knew we found a winner when my roommate, my best friend, was the one that was like, okay, can we go to Meg's? And she doesn't like sweets like that. So she would be like, let's go to Meg's. (laughs) So I knew we had a winner. And so I started telling people in my office, I was like, have you guys been to Sweet Meg's? And they're like, no, we've never heard of it. But everybody always buzzed about this other bakery that had been in town for, you know, maybe like 20 or so years. Every time I went to that bakery, I... I was not impressed. And so I'm like, how is it that people are so in love with this other bakery and nobody knows anything about Meg's? And it really bugged me. It bugged me to no end. <laughs> it's like because <laughs> Meg's cakes are so much better. And so I just kind of went on this like ad campaign for people like I would bring Meg's into the office. I left her business cards everywhere. And we went there so much that the owners started to know us. Meg got to know us. Her dad, her parents are always in there working the register. So I would come in and, and we would have this conversation about, you know, how we can get people to know about Megs. I'm like, because at the end of the day, if you just get your treats into their mouths, they will come back here. <laughs> right, right. So I just went on this brainstorming session of how can I get people to know about Megs? And then also at the same time, I had a friend that was starting up a bakery out of her home. So all these little pieces started coming together with, okay, how am I going to help my friends? Because by this time, I'm thinking of Meg as a friend of mine. You know, how am I going to help my friends to get more exposure? Again, along that same time, Instagram was really starting to blow up. And so I'm like, okay, well, I noticed that some of the most popular pages on Instagram are the sweets pages or or pages that have food on them, you know, because that's when everybody's doing hashtag, you know, nom nom and hashtag other things related to food. So I was like, okay, well, let's just at least start an Instagram page so that we can get more exposure for these people. And then it just kind of sparked from there. (laughs) So it started as an Instagram page early in 2014. And then summer of 2014, we started up a website. I wanted this website to just be a directory for sweet shops. I started thinking there's nothing like that out there, right? If you want to go to New Orleans or if you want to go to Chicago or if you want to try little known sweet shops anywhere in the world, you'd have to Google specifically Chicago donut shop. And I was like, that's just too much. Like, I don't want to be like Chicago Donut Shop and Chicago Cupcakery and and put all of that into Google. I feel like there should be one place that you should be able to put that in. And that's what SweetFest is. (laughs) Gotcha. So when you started the Instagram account, they were not for Sweet Megs and then your other friend who had a home bakery. This Instagram page was the initial development of the SweetFest. Yes, absolutely. The Instagram page was to help all sweet makers because I started to realized this was an overall need for the sweets community and not just specific to these friends of mine. But they were my inspiration behind it. 
And so did you have the website then already as well? No, I started the Instagram page before I started the website, but I had the idea for the time as the Instagram page. So I wanted to get the idea out there, which was why I started the Instagram page before the website and started connecting with people in that way. And we never even posted a picture until I think we had been around for several months on Instagram. We had 400 followers, which is amazing to me before we had any pictures. It was only based off of just the tagline, connecting sweet lovers with sweet makers. And then a profile picture that was something I just pulled together on my phone that said coming soon. So that's another reason why I encourage my sweet makers to, if nothing else, just at least start getting out there, regardless of whether you have things pulled together. Now, you should definitely develop a professional face to it. But in the beginning, you know, start where you are and then grow from there. And that's kind of how Sweet Fest all began. Now, what would you equate? Let's talk a little bit of detail here because this is really interesting. What would you equate the reason why people were following you on Instagram, even though you didn't have anything up yet? Were you commenting on other people's photos or were you directing them over to your site that just said coming soon and doing some type of teasers? 400's pretty awesome. I know, right? No content on there yet, right? <laughs> yes. We should go down this line because I want to talk Instagram with you because you have continued to grow that platform. Yes. So let's stay let's stay with this for just a second. And so, okay, so so Sydney, what did you do besides just putting the site up to have people coming? Well, so I'm an analyst to my core. (laughs) And so what happened with me and Instagram is that I started to analyze how the whole operation worked and that it's really, I mean, and social media in general is based off of your interactions with other people on the platform. And so it's not like we created an Instagram account and then people just came to it. No, it was, we created the account, we had the tagline, but then we went and liked people. We, We interacted with people. We liked their pictures. We commented on their pictures. Pictures. We had interactions with them and people would be like, oh, I'm so ready for the site. Before we even had a domain name, people were like already excited about what was coming because of the interactions that we had with them before we had pictures and before we had any of that. So it's all about how you actively interact with people, especially on Instagram. It's how you interact with them and their pictures. You start following them. You like their pictures. You comment on their pictures. You you know, you know, leave a smiley face with heart eyes, all that good stuff. <laughs> right. You interact with them. And yes, it does take work. But at the end of the day, that's actually how we've grown from zero to 400 with no pictures and then from 400 to 4,500 right now. That's spectacular. And how much time a day would you say you devote to doing that, commenting on other people's pictures just so that their eyes come back to you? Um, I'd say I'd probably devote about an hour or so throughout the day. When we first started, I was on there several hours a day, but it wasn't like I would sit in the room for five hours looking at Instagram. It was more like 30 minutes here, 15 minutes there between commercials. I mean, you can do it anytime and it, it will add up. So now you have the Instagram account established. At what point and give us a little detail behind how the website then developed? With the website, I wanted to have one place for everyone to go if they were interested in suites. And so I got a Squarespace. The original site was on Squarespace and it was more of a list. So you would come to the homepage and then there would be a couple, uh, you know, a couple icons for articles. And then you would click over to the directory of sweet spots, which is what I called it at the time. And it was literally like a list of uh, it ended up coming up to about 200 sweet makers from the U.S., from the 
UK, we had from Canada, we had from Australia, all that good stuff. But it was a list and it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but it was within my abilities at the time because I was the one that created the site. And, you know, like I said, my whole goal was for it to become like a Yelp or a Yellow Pages where people could come in and type in as a search. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I've got to figure out how we can make this more like a search because this doesn't look like what I want. So like I said before, you go within your abilities and then you try to grow from there. And that's really how the first website came about. And then we migrated it over in the summer of 2015 to be able to look like a directory. And with the directory, I I was able to do that basically because I did a lot of research around plugins on WordPress. And I don't really tell too many people. So now it's out there. <laughs> the website that we're on right now is on WordPress, but it is based off of a plugin that helps with building that directory look and feel. And so you're on a WordPress.org site, yes, correct? Yes. Okay, just for our listeners, if any of you, I have a couple of points I want to emphasize now that Sydney's been talking about. And we'll start with the website. If you are in a situation where you are just now starting a website, you can capture free websites at a platform called WordPress.com, yes. which I highly suggest you do not do. <laughs> Emphasize not do. <laughs> the platform you want to be on is WordPress.com. Org. Now, it takes a little bit more to set it up. You need a hosting company. We're not going to go into all of the detail about that right now. But word to the wise, it is worth taking the time to set it up on that type of a platform, WordPress.org, because that will allow you to bring in plugins and to really create a site that is a good site for you to use long term for your business. So that's my first point. The second thing, which I think is also really important, Sydney, is you started off right away and walked the path and developed as you went along. You started with the Instagram account, even though you didn't have a website yet. You didn't wait to say, oh, I'm going to put all of this together first, and then I can get started. There's a saying that's going around a lot right now, which is called imperfect action. Yes. And the point here is... Don't wait until you've got all your ducks in a row. Yes, you want to start planning, but don't make that keep you from starting. It's better to start, get things out there, and you want to start with having you know some knowledge base behind you in terms of doing the right things, just like I was talking about the WordPress.org. But so many people have ideas. They're going to get to this. They're going to do this, and they feel like they just can't actually get started until they have all these things in place. And then guess what happens? They never get never started. Do it. They never they do it. Never do it. This is a perfect example, Sydney, of talking about how you were stepping it up and building on top of what you had, but you got started first. So that's so important. I'm so glad that this came up. What would you say as you were going along the way, Maybe it was with the website or something else as you continue to develop. And I know we're not done with talking about SweetFest yet in terms of where it's going. But at this point, so you were just setting up, you've got a couple of things in place now. What type of challenge did you encounter along the way that could be helpful for our listeners to understand in terms of what you encountered and how you overcame it? I think at that point, the biggest challenge was trying to figure out how to build in a way that I could be able to fit it in with my budget as well. So at the time and even now, you know, I 
Sweetfest was the thing that I did on the side, even though it's my passion and is what I love to do. I still have a day-to-day job um, as a financial analyst. And so the challenge was how did I balance having to go to an office for, you know, eight, nine hours a day and work on another company's books <laughs> um, and then have to come home and then, you know, work on Sweetfest. It's not like Sweetfest had this $20,000 budget to put into a website because obviously I could have paid for a developer to build the directory as it is now, but that was not my budget. So I had to teach myself. I had to train myself on how to be able to do this, which is why I did so much research on, okay, there's got to be a way to do this on my own. And I do have a slight background. I've taught myself a, a slight bit of code, but even before that, it was, okay, there's got to be a plugin somewhere. There's got to be something. And so I just did a lot of digging and that's how I overcame it. I did a lot of digging on my own because I'm like, I want this and I don't have $20,000 to build it. So I need to figure out how I can build it on my own. <laughs> I got there it. you go. I had and to we're bootstrap. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I bootstrapped every single company that I started. You know, you can go either way. It's certainly the decision of the business owner which way to do it. But if you don't have a lot of money, just like Sydney's talking about, there are so many things now that you can do that are more turnkey that get you to your end goal. We're so fortunate in that now. So your comment really is you knew you wanted to put this together. You didn't have the financial ability to hire someone, which is obviously always the easier way to go for the most part. (laughs) So you had the financial challenge. You also had the time challenge because you're still working. But you had your eye on the ball in terms of what you were trying to accomplish. And you just figured out how to get it done. Yes, absolutely. I buckled down. I, I sacrificed, you know, time with friends and hanging out and all that good stuff. But I knew that the ultimate goal was Sweetfest in a directory format. And I was not going to stop <laughs> until I got to that. So, And look what you've got now, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's continue on now because that's not all that Sweetfest is about. That's right. Um, let's talk a little bit about where you're headed in the future and what your plans are. Right. So along with the whole challenge of how do I get my friends, how do I get this sweet community to have more exposure, I start to realize that a lot of them, like I said, have the same story of we love to bake. Oh my gosh, now we're charging people, and oh my gosh, now I don't know how to run a business. What do I do? How do you know? How do I get my books in line? How do I price my treats? How do I form a a marketing strategy. What does all of that look like? And because all of that is in my background, I mean, my background is in business. I have a master's in accounting and I've gone to, you know, business school. I wanted to help them with that. And plenty of them came to me for that once they found out she's an accountant. She's a financial analyst. Oh, (laughs) help me, help me understand about this business side. So once I started interacting with more and more sweet makers, again, I saw that there was a need for that. Originally, I thought the need was just for gaining more exposure. And then once I dug in a little bit deeper, then I'm like, okay, wait, the consistent message is that people really need help with the business side. So that's another reason why Sweetfest went the direction that it is going now with helping with the business side of the baking business. So originally it was just help them with marketing their company by building a directory. And then it was like, wait, the real need is on the business end. So let me help them with that because that is what I also know about. 
Right. And fabulous perception because you had your initial goal and what you thought you were going to be doing and you still are doing because that's part of it. Yes. But your eyes were still wide open and you were listening to the audience also and identifying that, yes, there is this additional need of how do you run a business? Mm -hmm. So really good. And so what are you doing about that? So now (laughs) now I'm able to provide training tools and guidance for professional development for the sweet community. So, and I know you're on Periscope and I'm a big advocate of Periscope. And so I do business scopes as often as I can, usually about, you know, once a week in the least. And I'm hoping to up that in 2016. And and what is your scope handle? My scope is sweet underscore fest. Okay, wonderful. I wanted to get that out there for all the listeners. <laughs> yes, and I love scope. Oh my gosh, if if for anyone who's in the baking industry or any type of business at all, I think scope is a good fit for a lot of entrepreneurs to help basically establish their knowledge and their skill set. I mean, because you basically can interact with potential customers and they get a chance to see, you know, what knowledge you have and be able to pick your brain and, and, and talk to you directly. And it's awesome. I love it. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'll just underscore that for half a second and then I want to move on with a couple other questions. But the thing that's very cool about Periscope is you're looking in somebody's eyes if you are watching a scope and you really get a good feel, just like how here in the beginning we ask what your candle color is. It's kind of an indirect way to get to know who you're talking with. With a periscope, you can look right into that person's eyes and understand more about them on a subtle end versus what you would know just over the phone or just hearing audio. Periscoping, if you've never tried it before, my handle is giftbizgal and Sydney's handle is sweet underscore fest. A great thing to check out if you are interested and want to see another way to get really some valuable content. I talked about scope and that's one way I've connected with the sweet community and helping them to understand the business side of baking. But I've also started offering online courses as well as we've had conventions in the past and we're looking to have a conference in 2016 as well. So it's all about helping to build uh, information and knowledge for the sweet community. So those are a couple different ways. And, and we're hoping to provide a newsletter and all these great things in the future. Wow. You are jumping in big time. Yes, both feet, both feet. (laughs) And so now today, with all of those things in the works, and some of it you're talking about what you're already planning to do, some of it sounds like it's a future plan to bring in when you can, but how are you managing all of this now with your full-time job? So there's been some adjustments that are being made and um, some sacrifices that are being made as well. But, um, you know, I'm just having to reassess my schedule. And I just I brought on an assistant that's helping me with the admin side that's freed me up a little bit as well. So, you know, so sites are set on cutting the leash soon. So, <laughs> Well, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> yes, yes. We're, you know, we're, we're strategically making plans to be able to do that in the near future. So big announcements coming forward soon hopefully knock on wood right <laughs> it'll happen i know it you are an action taker i knew that from the second i met you yes <laughs> <laughs> so actually um sydney and i met at a it was america's baking and sweets right that's right in chicago yes yeah we met at america's baking and sweets when we were both setting up our booth so that was pretty exciting yes. that was i call your- sue my guide <laughs> she, she was my guide throughout the whole weekend i was like sue i don't know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could you handled it just fine. You're already a star, Sydney. No question about that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. 
Let's talk a little bit about you specifically and what types of things you found that help you to be successful as you're pursuing and developing SweetFest. What would you say is one natural trait that you have that's helped you to be successful? I think that I'm pretty personable. (laughs) Um, I, I definitely get that from my dad, who has been in sales my entire life, and he never met a stranger. And I'm pretty sure that's where I've gotten it from. I like people. I like to get to know people. I like to get to know their background story. And that really helps me because it's not like I'm faking interest. Like I'm actually interested. <laughs> like, like I actually want to know, you know, well, what got you into baking and what are your challenges and, or what are ways that I can help you grow and help you understand more about your business? To my core, I'm a helpful person and I'm a friendly person. And I think that that has taken me pretty far um, and will continue to take me far in this industry because, you know, everybody wants to feel important. Everybody wants to feel like their story matters. And whenever I interact with any of my sweet makers, before we even really get started, before I even talk about graphic design with them and logos or marketing, I, I want to know their story and I want to know their goals. I want to know where they're trying to go. And so we have that conversation. I, I'll spend 30 or 45 minutes just having a chat with someone just to find out their backstory, because there's no way I can help you go forward if I don't know where you've been. So what tool do you use regularly that helps you keep productive or to create some type of balance in your life between growing SweetFest and working full time and all of that? I would definitely say my Apple TV. (laughs) Oh, why? My Apple TV helps me stay balanced. And I'll tell you my schedule on, you know, during the work week is I get up, I drive through Atlanta traffic, which is something serious in itself. And I go to an office and I work for another company and I do financial analysis and then I come home and then I work on, you know, I eat dinner and I work on SweetFest for about four or five hours. I'm really into Hulu and Netflix. I love TV. I love TV series and and movies and all that good stuff. And so it helps keep me balanced and keeps me entertained. And I actually force myself. So I will come home from work and maybe would have spent five hours working on SweetFest after work. And then I'm like, okay, time out. I got to do something else. I'm one of those people because I'm so passionate about SweetFest. I could work and work and work on SweetFest until three or four o'clock in the morning, knowing good and well that I need to get up at seven o'clock in the morning to go to work. (laughs) So I force myself, um, you know, around 11 o'clock in the least to just take a break and watch TV. So good for you for recognizing that you need to take a break and step away every once in a while. You know, it's so easy in the beginning because you have so much passion And, you know, you're developing something and it's so exciting. But just to go so overboard and spend so, so, so much time developing your business, which absolutely you do. I mean, it's like having a second child for sure. But you do need to take time off or you're just going to burn yourself out. Absolutely. And one of the scopes that I did, my best friend's mom called me right after the scope and she's like, you have got to get some rest. <laughs> and I knew exactly she was coming from a place of love. I mean, she's like my second mom. And uh, I was like, you know, you're right. I, I mean, and by that time I had been working, I was up working on the courses at probably, you know, three nights straight. And, and you could tell it was it was on my face. But she also could tell because she's like I said, she's like my second mom. So she's watching the scope and she's like, OK, I'm calling you. This is not a business call. This is a mama call. You need to get some rest. (laughs) (laughs) Totally true. So so take that to heart, gift biz listeners. You really do. You need to have balance if you're going to create something successful that's going to be around for the long term. Absolutely. All right. What book have you read lately that you think our listeners could find value in? 
My mom just recently gave me a book called This Too Shall Pass, and it is a Christian book uh, based off of a collection of inspirational prayers and stories and poems. It's a solid book if you are really looking for, okay, I'm under so much stress and so much pressure, I need something to just, you know, put some perspective back in my life, you know? So it's Um, kind of a sanity reference book. Yes, absolutely. It's a book of prayers and it has a lot to do with your faith and just, you know, believing that this time is just temporary, whatever it is that you're going through. I would recommend that for anyone who's just under a lot of pressure and stress and and especially if you have a Christian background. Wonderful. Just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible so that you can get a free audiobook just like the one that Sydney's mentioning for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. Okay, we are starting to wind down, but I want to introduce one more topic before we get to our final question. And that is, I'd like you to cover a little bit about what this course is. I understand it's just newly on the market, but would you describe, because there may be listeners here who could take advantage of this and this would be really valuable for them as they're going on their journey. Just talk a little bit about what the course is and who it's really made for. Right. Well, so uh, the course is called How to Develop a Professional Brand. And I basically take you through a series of questionnaires and, um, you know, checklists that will help you get to your brand. I stress in the course that your brand is not just your logo. And I think a lot of people have this impression that, you know, your brand is your logo and it's not. Your brand is so much more. Your brand is how you present yourself to your customers. It's how your website site looks. It's how, you know, you present yourself at events and your web URL, your your Facebook page, your Instagram account, your social media accounts, your packaging. It's it's everything. Your brand is not just one little logo. It's every touch point you have with your customer. Every touch point you have with your customer. I want people to understand that it doesn't take thousands and thousands of dollars to make your brand look professional because that's where I am with Sweetfest, right? I said I didn't have $20,000 to build a website, right? But when you go to my website, a lot of people have told me you can't tell that one person built that (laughs) You know, it doesn't look it looked like I had a team. It looked like I had someone who has a background in web development that built the site. And I want to bring that to people. And I want people to understand that it all has to do with your color consistency. It has something to do with your message and being consistent through your message. And that's how you develop a professional brand. It doesn't take a major budget to develop a professional brand. You see what I mean? Got it. All right. So you focus specifically on people who are in the sweets industry. So bakers and cookies, candy, cakes, you know, all of that. All of that. Yes. Donuts, Mm -hmm. everything. Would there be any value to anybody who is outside of that industry to look at the course since the course is about branding or is it specifically for people within the sweets industry? It will definitely be of use to anyone who has a business or is looking to start a business and needs help with developing a professional look. You know, I direct my my lessons towards the sweet community, but it's these are things that are applicable to any side of business. But my examples, especially in this course, my examples are really just sweets related, but you can say you can twist it any type of way as far as the examples go. So I think it's a really good course for anyone who's in business or is looking to start a new company, all of that. I think it I've encouraged other business owners to get into it as well. 
And how would people gain access to that course or your website? Why don't you give us all your contact information at this point? Yes. So the general website is thesweetfest.com and that's where our directory is housed. Um, and then we have the Sweet Success Project, which is basically our area that is for professional development for the sweet community. Um, and the Sweet Success Project website is bit.ly slash sweetfest dash courses. And that'll take you to our course portal that has, you know, our, our courses now. And then that's where our um, other business tips are going to be that are, you know, printed that you can print out and, and all that good stuff. Super. All right. And so anybody and to be on the directory, that's no charge, right? Right. It is absolutely free to be on the directory and you get to add your you know, sweet pictures, your logo, your web URL, your Facebook page link, your any other social media links you can add out there as well. So it, and, and then you can have reviews, you can add videos. All right. Well, Gift Biz listeners, if you are in this industry, there is absolutely no reason why you wouldn't, as soon as we are done with this podcast, jump over and put yourself on that directory. Absolutely, for sure. Mm-hmm. And all of you know, because you've been listening to my podcasts a while, if not for the new people who are joining us now, and this is your first podcast, you can jump over to our show notes page. Sydney has her own page, and you can find that at giftbizunwrapped.com. There, I will have a link to her website where you can get on and go to the directory. We'll have a link to her class, her Instagram account, Facebook page, just a number of different ways that you can interact with Sydney and Sweetfest. So make sure to jump over and get on that directory. Again, if you're in the industry and you haven't done so already. All right, Sydney, I will now invite you to Dare to Dream. Mm -hmm. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift in our presence and let us know what's inside. Thank you so much, Sue. I appreciate this gift. (laughs) You're welcome. I can't wait to hear what it is. (laughs) Um, Well, actually, it is unlimited funds. And I say that because at the end of the day, I really want to help the sweet community to my core. And people who've interacted with me, they know I want to free as many captives from cube jail as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That should be your quote. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is that. That's me. I want to free people from cube jail. And at the end of the day, there are so many people who are entrepreneurs that just want to break out of cube jail and all they need are the resources and they need just a little bit of help. They need guidance. I provide that now with Sweetfest and I'm able to provide some for free, but you know, some I do need to charge for just because, you know, the platform isn't free. The time that it takes to develop the courses isn't free. And so unfortunately, I end up having to charge. Well, and you're running a business. Because I'm running a business. Absolutely. But if I had unlimited funds... 
And that's that's just where I am. I, I just want to be able to do this for people for free. Like, I just want to be like, here are the tools. Here's the guidance. You can do this. You can break out of cube jail. You don't even have to pay for this, this and this, <laughs> you know, like and I would invest in people's sweet businesses. And I would say, you know what? Don't even worry about going to a bank. Like, I believe in your dream here. Have this money like this. That's where I am. And so I would have unlimited funds to be able to help the sweet community grow like that's what I would do. With I it, love so. that. Well, here's to hoping that there's a big pink bag full of green money that comes yes. your way <laughs> yes. one way or another. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, Sydney, thank you so much for joining us today. You've really given a deep dive into a lot of really important points here that we can all use, whether we're in the sweets business or other businesses. So I really appreciate your sharing time, experience, your views and your expertise. And we all wish you nothing but the most success as you can Continue to develop Sweet Fest. May your candle always burn bright. Thank you so much, Sue. I really appreciate it. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well. 